King. He is risen. risen We don't say that enough as a church. I'm so glad that we can come here to Faith Covenant Church and worship a God that is alive and not dead. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Welcome. Uh, If you don't know me, my name is Marcy Watson. I'm not Pastor Nate Hickox. I am the interim director of student ministries here. And Pastor Nate asked me to come and speak this Sunday. And we're going through the series called Resurrected Life. So we're talking about what it means to be dead to our sin and alive in Christ. So we're going through the seven deadly sins. And we're talking about how we can conquer them with the help of our Lord Jesus Christ. So today, uh, as Angela introduced you guys to it, we're going to talk about greed. And it can be kind of an uncomfortable topic to talk about because we all struggle with it in some way or another. And I think we often associate it with wealthy people struggle with it more, but I want to counter that misnomer because I think if you aren't that wealthy, you can still struggle with it as well. So let's talk about greed. Let's expand on it a little bit. What is greed? Well, in the New Testament, greediness, um, the word that we see in English, is often translated from a Greek word called pleonexia. I won't ask you to say it. Um, It's a compound adjective in Greek, and it comes from the word pleon, which means more, and the word echo, which means I have. So put literally, it means to have more. And it's often found about 10 times in the New Testament, if you're a nerd like me and Kurt Jarrus and you really want to know that, maybe it's just for Kurt, sorry. (laughs) Um, But it's often found uh, in vice list, and in the Greek language itself, it's viewed negatively. It's almost never used positively. And it's usually uh, the apostles will, will write it and say, here's a big long list of things that are really bad for you, and it's usually somewhere in the middle of those things. And even the the church fathers uh, in the early church will often uh, associate it with money and possessions. And uh, Thomas Aquinas himself, his definition of greed was, greed is excessive love of or desire for money or any possession that money can buy. So back to pleonexia. It's often translated as greediness, covetousness, or avarice. And you might be wondering, Marcy, what in the world is avarice? I have never heard of that. Maybe some of you have heard of it. But uh, it takes greediness a step deeper. And Rebecca DeYoung in her book, Glittering Vices, says that avarice is what greed looks like on the inside. Avarice is not just about having more, it's about what is mine. And she asked this really great question, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it twice because I think it's so uh, wise and really insightful. And she says, do you possess your possessions, or do your possessions possess you? Do you possess your possessions, or do your possessions possess you? So think about, let's, let's expand on that a little bit. Think about your phone. Think about your closet, your gadgets, um, the different things that you have in your life, could you live without them? Do you absolutely need that thing? Or all of the things in in your closet, your storage closet, um, 
that's been sitting there? Do you need that? Does it possess you? Or do you possess it? Is it coming before your relationship with God? So let's look at some examples. Grab a Bible. It's in front of you. It's probably the, the red maroon looking one. Open to Luke chapter 12. It's between Mark and John. It's our longest gospel. It's named after a certain Broman. Just kidding. <laughs> All right, and we're going to be in Luke chapter 12, and I'm going to read you two stories. So the first story is in verses 13 through 14. And uh, there's, Jesus is in front of a crowd, and he's talking to people. And it says, Someone in the crowd said to him, Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist of an abundance of possessions. So we have two brothers here, right? We have the first brother that's greedy and he wants his brother's inheritance and he's not sharing with him. And then we have the second brother who's also greedy and he's keeping the inheritance and he's not sharing with anyone, let alone his brother. And Jesus rebukes them and he tells them this parable and that's where we get to the second story. And it's verses 16 through 21. And it says, he told them this parable, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. And then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus of grain. And I'll say to myself, I have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. And then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. So we see that this man is greedy with his possessions. And he doesn't want to share with maybe those that are in need around him. And in the Gospels, um, there's this thing called uh, a sandwich. It's usually found in the book of Mark. My middle schooler should know that. We've been talking about the book of Mark a lot. And what happens is Jesus, um, or the author, will put two stories together, right? That's the bread, and then the juicy stuff that you actually want in the middle. And the part that is being highlighted between these two stories is actually uh, Luke 12, 15, when Jesus says, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for life does not consist of an abundance of possessions. So we see that in the first story, one man's greedy with money, the second story, the other one's greedy with their possessions, right? And we can see that Jesus hates this. God hates greed. But why? Why does God hate greed? I was thinking about this as I was prepping for this sermon, and 
I think God hates greed because it defies his two greatest commands, right? To love God and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. So let's think about the first command, loving God. God is supposed to be our creator, our sustainer, our provider in all that we need. And when we're greedy and we're thinking about ourselves and how we can acquire more things for ourselves instead of looking to God for, for provision, right? We become so self-absorbed that we become our own provider and we no longer look at God as our number one. So what about the second command? What about our neighbor? Well, when we become greedy and we're obsessed with acquiring more and more, we forget about helping our neighbor. Or maybe we forget our neighbor so much that we end up squashing them. Or we're flaunting our possessions in front of them, saying, look at what all I have and how little you have. And it makes me feel better inside. But I don't want to just, uh, just limit it limit greed to these two stories in the first century. Greed's still really prevalent today. I remember uh, my freshman year of college at Western Illinois University, and you go around to different parties, and you talk to people, you usually ask them their name, and then you ask them, well, what's your major? And I'd often hear of students that said, I want to be a doctor, because I want to make lots of money. But not because they wanted to help people that were sick, not because they loved the field or wanted to do research. It was just, I wanted to make lots of money as a doctor. I don't want to serve Jesus being a doctor. I used to have, uh, maybe I'll give you another example. I used to have a friend in middle school. I won't tell you their name. But I remember going over to her house for the first time. And uh, I remember walking in the door, and I immediately understood why she never invited anybody over. And it's because there was stuff piled, almost floor to ceiling, throughout her whole house. They couldn't even sit in their dining room. There was stuff on their table. There was stuff surrounding their table. They couldn't park a car in their garage because there was so much stuff in their garage. They were low-key hoarders. And there were, there were so many things there I remember seeing that it was old toys, maybe old clothes that maybe had been worn a couple times. Maybe it was an old microwave that could still be usable, but wasn't nice as a new microwave. They used to uh, call into that Christmas radio channel. Like, like, as soon as Halloween ends, this channel starts to become like the Christmas station. And everybody that turns it on that's like before Thanksgiving, you're like, turn it off immediately. Um, but they used to listen to this radio station. And they would give out like a certain amount of money to families that couldn't afford to buy their kids Christmas presents that year. And they would always, um, they would always try and sign, sign up for this and try and fix their new, their old bay window because it was leaking cold air all the time. And I remember thinking like, you could just sell your stuff and like probably afford that. But I wasn't going to say that as a middle school student. Uh, I didn't have the guts then. Um, but as I said, you don't have to have a ton of money to be a greedy person. You might have no money at all and be scrolling through your Instagram and being like, wow, I'm never going to be able to go to Europe. I wish I could go there. I wish I could go on this great vacation. I wish I could have that cool gadget that's being advertised to me. I wish I could live a life that was as cool as this person. 
Maybe, maybe you see it in your conversations, too. And you're like, oh, I wish I had a house that cool as you drive through your neighborhood. So you don't necessarily have to be wealthy to be greedy. And maybe, maybe there's a different type of greed, but maybe you're trying to acquire possession after possession after possession. That you're trying to find something to fill this void that only God can fill. And like I said, there's, there's different kinds of greeds. I'm really emphasizing the one about acquiring possessions, but maybe you're more of the luxury item possession person. Maybe you save up a bunch of money, and then after a set amount of time, you reach that point, you buy that huge flat-screen TV that you always wanted. Or you buy that uh, new Mac product, that iPhone 21 Plus, whatever it is. Um, maybe it's uh, that luxury vacation that you always wanted to go on. Maybe you're the Ebenezer Scrooge. Maybe you're the one that hoards up all of your money and you find security in holding on to all that money and you don't share with those around you. Maybe you're the Ebenezer Scrooge. And maybe you're even greedy with your time. Think about what you do throughout the week. I can't volunteer with this nonprofit organization. I can't volunteer with this church event because it would take away from my Netflix time and my me time and my, my spa day and my massage time. But, I mean, Nate's going to talk about sloth later, so we'll, we'll leave that on hold. Um, <laughs> but how do we conquer greed? Now that we talked about it a little bit more, giving you some examples to work with, how do we conquer it? Well, greed is deadly. It must be named. Maybe you need to call a friend after church today and say, hey, I need, I need your help getting, under this, getting out from under this pile of stuff. I need your help. Maybe you need to confess to God and say, God, I've been greedy in this area of my life. I need, I need help. I need help. And I think I, there are two practical things that I came up with that maybe could help us with this. And one is to give thanks to God for what you already have, instead of thinking about all the things that you don't have. Give thanks to God for what you already do have. In James chapter 1, verse 17, he says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming from the Father in the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. It's not our stuff. It's not mine. It's God's stuff. And are you being a good steward of those things? Are you giving thanks for the things that God has already given you? Think about even your prayers. How often in your prayers are you thanking God? And how often are you saying, God, help me get here, help me get this? What does your prayer life look like? Moving on to our next way that we can conquer greed is giving. We live in one of the richest countries in the world. We live in the United States of America. And on top of that, we live in a very wealthy county, DuPage County. And we also live by one of the biggest fresh water sources in the world, Lake Michigan. And some of you already see where I'm going with this. Uh, but if you live in this country, you have something that you can give. And if you live in this county, you definitely have something that you can give. You don't have an excuse. 
And maybe, maybe you have so much money that you even don't even know where to begin giving. Maybe, maybe that's something that God's been stirring up in you, and you're like, I don't, I don't know what to do with it. Where, where do you want me to go, God? Maybe you want to sign up for this 6K to help people around the world that don't have water. Maybe you want to give to World Relief. Maybe you want to give to a nonprofit organization that's related to the church. Maybe um, it's part of your weekly tithe. We pass around the plate every week. We make a habit of giving in this church. Maybe it's not the money thing. Maybe it's, maybe it's the possessions thing. Maybe you need to call that friend and say, I need you to come over today. I need you to help me go through my closet because I have 10 coats in the same color and I don't know which one to get rid of. <laughs> when you could probably get rid of like nine of them and keep the one that you could wear probably every day. Maybe it's your storage unit. Like I haven't touched that in a year, but everything in there is still really valuable to me because I use it all the time. <laughs> but in giving, we replicate the life of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, right? Jesus was not selfish by any stretch of the imagination. Jesus relied actually mostly upon people's hospitality throughout his three years of ministry. He wasn't selfish with his time. He wasn't selfish with his knowledge. He often shared it with his disciples. And he gave up what we consider our greatest possession. Jesus gave up his life for us on the cross. So that we may have life and we may have it to the full. And he conquered sin, he conquered greed, and he conquered death forever in his resurrection. And we're no longer enslaved to our sin and we can live free, full, and resurrected lives with him. So as we leave today, I want you to think about the things in your life, the greed in your life. Maybe it's one of the ones that I mentioned. Maybe it's another one that you thought of while you were listening. But I want you to think about, do your possessions <laughs> possess you, or do you possess your possessions? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for this church. I thank you so much for your word. And I pray that you would help us uh, maybe uncover some of the greed in our lives. Maybe we, maybe we weren't even aware of it before today, Lord. But I pray that you might help us to see that. And I pray that you might help us to continue to live full and resurrected lives in, in you, Lord. And to love you more and more in each day, in all that we do. Amen. <laughs>